We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's Monday, August fifteenth. People are getting excited for uh, for football season. There's been some preseason games. We still got MLB going on. We got stuff. We got stuff. Soccer started, right? I did. I did well in soccer this. Uh, this past weekend, got myself a king of the pitch ticket early. And, uh, and yeah, we got the YouTube chat, as always. Uh, Wataz, Suki Singh, Don Montgomery, Mr. Richard, good morning. Good morning. Type in whatever you want in the chat. Uh, we'll talk about anything you want, right? You know, this is kind of a free-flowing show. Uh, topics go everywhere. We, we're dis- typically discussing DFS strategy, statistics and probability, some math, right? We do some teaching. And you know what we do on Mondays? We bring in... James McCool Mondays with McCool, who already, who already, we we do it ourselves. Right? We we give that thumbs up button the first thing we do when we open up that that YouTube to uh to to see to see everything and subscribe. Uh, we're both subscribed, right? And and I don't hit the notification bell. There's no need. I know when the show goes live, I'm on the show. So uh, so James, uh, I I I've I've been having a pretty pretty good uh, recent recent run. I uh, soccer went well. Mm-hmm. MMA, I didn't lose. The, MMA went well in the fact that I didn't lose as much as I thought I would lose. <laughs> right when he, when I have forty percent exposure to two to two fighters that got like finished with like six or less points, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, this is minus eighty percent. It's like, oh, minus minus twenty two percent. Like not that's not not the not the end of the world. It's like okay, and then uh, I've been I've been playing the 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 prize picks. And the underdog, uh, yeah, uh, they they pretty much replaced cash games for me. I uh, I've been I've been told James that uh, that they they will limit you at some point. They will, yeah, they will. Um, one, it's good that you did well in MMA. Uh, well, I didn't do well. I did relatively well. That I didn't lose as much as I thought I would lose. I I consider that doing well. Uh, every time that I think that I'm going to lose everything and I don't lose everything, I think that's a nice outcome. Um, I, it was a weird week for ownership. I did really well at projecting the seven K guys. I did pretty well at projecting the eight K guys, but I didn't do super great at projecting the nine K area. Um, I'm, ass- I'm assuming you had them too high. I had Bennett and Benetitz. What, what was Benitez? Yeah. Benitez came in at 22% and a lot of, we, we had them over 30. 
yeah, that was weird. I had him projected as the highest owned fighter on the slate. I, I oh, no, no, I didn't have that. There was a reason for that. People were asking that, even, even on Twitter. Some people were like, this is odd. The guy with the minus 205, 215 inside the distance at 9,300 yeah. is only 22% owned. It's because of the mispricings. Because Onama yeah. should have been 9,200 based on his line. Obviously, he lost. Right? right, He gassed out after the first round. Uh, the, the, the underdogs were so bad because there were so many lopsided mm-hmm. line fights. That, like, in order to play Benitez in a lineup that still had, like, two 8K, uh, mid-range 8K fighters, you had to take you had to take a shot on some 7K guy that you didn't like. Yeah. Right? Which which precluded the fact that, that from a median outcome perspective, the balanced builds were better from a median outcome. Yeah. I was building all the barbell builds. I was building the ones where I'm taking shots on... Charlie Antavero. So I'm taking shots on Jason Wynn. I'm taking shots on some of the low price. And, and Mearshart, I took the most of, and he won. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I did enough. For, the, the, the only reason I, I lost like 22% was because I had so much of o- Ode Osborne and Ariana Lipsky in that like high mid-range that wasn't going to be as owned. And they yeah. both they both got, uh, got crushed. Yeah. Uh, but I still had a plenty of really, really good lineups. So it's like my 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 lineups were either really bad or really good. So the really good ones got me enough money that I didn't like like lose everything. Right. Yeah. But that's the main reason is that people that, that it was because of Onama and Vera in that mid range. It's like okay, Onama Vera. It's like oh yeah, I could build with Bruno Silva at nine k and and then not have to play a fighter that's under Priscilla Cachoeira and I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And and I pushed up Onama quite a bit. I like. I had Onama projected at 50% ownership. He ended at 54. That's Silva at 43. He ended at 37. Like, I, I think I did fine. My R2 was close to what the rest of the industry was. And the industry was over on guys that I was also over on. So I'll I'll take that. That's fine. Right. But it, and, was, uh, um, it was kind of a weird week, I think, for MMA, at least for me. I think my models were okay. Uh, as far as prize picks goes, um, they will limit you pretty hard. And... Price picks. So price picks has a very interesting way of limiting you because what they will do is not only will they limit the amount that you can put down, they'll limit the amount of times that you can utilize a certain player in your combinations. So whereas with a regular sports book, all that they can really do is just say, oh yeah, you want to put down 70 bucks on this. Here's a $7 bet that will allow you to make, right? Price picks, they will say, oh, you want to have a combination that involves Jacob deGrom? Okay, well, you can only use him in one of the five combinations that you want to use him. From, so from, what, I, from what I heard, James, that it's it's a it's a dollar amount limit. They, they'll do both. They'll do both. Oh, they'll do the other one. Okay, I never heard of the other one where they'll they just both. like. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I I'm I'm exp- the, the the way that I've been going the past two weeks, I'm I'm expecting it. <laughs> you should. I, I'm at, I I I I and I finally got an underdog. Underdog didn't allow me to play. For some odd, it, it, anytime mm-hmm. I logged in, it just basically it basically said that it it said that it doesn't allow web access in Indiana, and I'm like, I'm not in Indiana. Yeah, and then they, I contacted their support, and then I'm like, okay, I and then I wasn't able to deposit in the app because of some location thing. Then support fixed something that now it works in the app, but I still get that error message on desktop, so I can only use the app. So I've been playing on Underdog for the past for four for the past four days. I've been playing on the, the combination of those two for what 16 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and remember, and the way that I'm playing is not like I'm not putting like a lot of money down on one thing. I'm doing a lot like round robining like yep. everything. Yep. So my variance is is quite low. Uh I'm up eighty two hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um prize picks is very soft every single time that I pe- people ask me. Because I, I have like all my esports stuff, right? And that's that's primarily where people are getting down their esports action right now is on price picks because it's it's soft. People will come to me, they'll be like, Is this difference really supposed to be this large? Like are your projections right? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, they are. Price picks is really soft. Uh, I haven't played on but but, but but James, the 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 one misconception, like the I don't know if it's a misconception or not. Is the understand like the understanding like not to promote like I mean it's not a road to grind it's it's not another site but 
I think the logic of sports betting by Ed Miller mm-hmm. is the most recent book, like out on the market. There are books from 10 years ago also, but yeah. uh, most recent good explanation without getting into the weed weeds with that being too complicated because Ed Miller's a very good writer. He wrote a lot of poker books. The logic of sports betting, well, it sounds like, oh, this will teach you how to sports bet. Like, no, that what that book does is show you how sports books operate right and how lines are made and how action is taken and obviously what the lines mean what break even percentages what's a hold what does the hold mean like all these types of things mm-hmm. uh that what i see like in esports you say that the, that the lines are significantly off and the number the number one complaint i see is is well uh they put up they put up the board and five minutes later the lines change and it's and it's like well and I'll hear well why did they put up those numbers if they're just going to change them it's like no the reason why they're changing is because people are taking advantage of them and they're using that information right. to shape the numbers further so they don't continually they don't want to get continually exploited like we that have, we have talked at length about this before right where what they'll do and, and I don't know that Pricebooks is is doing this but Typically with offshore books, what they do is they'll release an initial line and then people will come in and they'll hammer it one way or another, right? At low then, limits, they'll really, at, but they'll get low at, limits. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. At low limits first. And then they'll release out the line again and then the limits will increase a little bit. And then by the time that you get to say NFL, right? Like the, the limits are low on Monday or Tuesday when lines are released. And then throughout the week, those limits are increasing. The lines continue to get more sharp steel sharpened steel whatever and then by sunday the limits are just whatever you want to bet because that line has been molded by so many sharp people betting against it over and over and over again that now that line is where it is supposed to be that's the idea behind closing line value is if you are on the correct side of closing line value that means that you are on the side that has been bet through towards what the line is at well you're getting a better number it's not the side it's what number you get so right it's it's a better number right your 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 goal is to get the best number so like for instance i mean that's to me that's the goal of game imagine let's let's equate this let's equate this to dfs james Mm -hmm. we don't we don't we don't see this effect in dfs we we see the effect a little with ownership, right? Because people right. people get steamed, they call it, right? Right? Ownership could move, but we don't get to see the actual ownership. It's not like throughout the week in NFL we see, oh, this guy's going to be twenty one. Like on like we know that they're selected on DraftKings. We see like the projections of that, but that's still just a, a, a very educated, algorithmic, you know, scientific based guess. Uh, imagine in DFS if the salaries were dynamic. So, which means, I mean, obviously you don't have to put in your lineups until right before lock. So they can't, it's not like the type of thing they could do. Imagine that anytime you can't build a lineup or enter a contest until you make a full lineup and it's completely locked at that point. I think that would be sick. I I, I love this idea, by the way. I've thought about this a lot. Right. So you can only play, you can't obviously upload CSVs. You you, You have to build one at a time. Uh, and let's just, I'm, we're making this fictional game. So let's use it for NFL only because it's like a week long yeah. or let's just use MLB because it's a de- daily, right? Which makes it, makes it, it it's micro time periods. So let's say at, they released the salaries for the next, for today's MLB slate. They released it like last night at nine o'clock or whatever. Yeah. And then we see here, I'm going to go to the pitchers today, right? I'm going to bring this up. Let's say uh, Shoei Otani at 10-3. Like, and in this fictional game, that's where in, I mean, it's still DFS. You're still playing the same exact game. It's just that you have to, when you, once you put in the lineup, there's no late swap. You have to like, and then the site knows that that person has been taken mm-hmm. at that, and at that price in a lineup. Now imagine at nine o'clock at night, last night, we'll go here. Like Garrett Cole at 10.1 K according to the bat has like the highest projection. So a lot of people are playing Cole and Kikuchi. Let's say I'm putting in my lineup at in the morning, uh, like late at night, when the lineup Silers first came out. I go Cole Kikuchi lineup, and I build that lineup with whatever batters, and then I build another Cole Kikuchi lineup, and then I build another Cole Kikuchi lineup. Let's say 
other people are doing the same thing. They see that, oh, Kikuchi and Cole, like that's uh, based on the bat projections at least. Like are are that's going to be the combo to, to, to play or whatever. Now it's 11 o'clock at night. It's two hours later and you go in and you go, you know, you go in next and Garrett Cole is now 10.5K. Right. And Kikuchi is 7,000. And it's like, well, now your lineups from before are still fine. You you get them at those. You, you spent your fifty thousand that way. But now going forward, for you and everyone else, for further lineups, now twelve hundred more for Kikuchi and four hundred more for Cole. And then let's say, uh, people still, you know, go. I'm going to play Cole Kikuchi. I'm going to play Cole. now. Cole is ten point nine k, and Kikuchi is seventy four hundred. In the morning, like you wake up in the morning, and those are their prices. And then let's say. Two hours, like once you see that Kikuchi seventy four hundred, people are now playing like Alex Cobb more, and they're playing Glen Otto more, and maybe at by four o'clock in the afternoon, Kikuchi isn't seventy four hundred; he's down to like sixty eight hundred now, because not enough, not people weren't using him as much, so now they're going to bump the salary down to get more people to use him. Right? Imagine DFS like that, like that's how that's essentially from a broad perspective how. These site prize picks, underdog, or any any sports book, and when it comes to a sports book line, now obviously in DFS, if they, they allowed that, all of the all all of the time that you would spend would be when the line when the like the most advantageous time to build lineups is early. No, right? Because you you just go okay. Let me look. Let me run my projections and everything. Even though we don't have starting lineups, because obviously projections can change. Oh, this guy's out of the lineup. Oh, Neil Cruz is out of the Pirates lineup. So that's not three, three strikeouts, right? That type of stuff. Like it would be much more advantageous to go, okay, I know, I know there's no late swap, but let me get in my lineups that by um, your goal in a, in a, let's say more in a sport like NBA where the project, where the, the outcomes are more normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, in NBA, your, your whole goal in NBA I mean, in this fictional game that will never happen, uh, barring late swap and injuries, would be to have a lineup that at lock, that at lock, if you were to make the lineup an, uh, an uh, a minute before lock, your lineup would actually come out to be 52400 in salary. Right. I was going to say, you want the largest difference between the cost of your lineup and the salary gap. Right. And, and, and your opponent's line. Actually, your opponent's lineups. Right. Because obviously the late opponents are going to get the more efficient pricing versus you getting the inefficient pricing. So in that game, all the edges early and actually late because someone, because someone asked me, uh, uh, Oh, if you're going to be playing on, on these sites like prize pick and underdog, are you going to have time for your DFS lineups? It's like, like, dude, I built my DFS lineups like an hour before lock, like an hour before baseball lock. Like, it's not like I'm going to really find many offlines on any of the, because they've already moved. Like I, I, like on today, I'm, I, I have my little worksheet for, 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 for today. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Uh, I 12 out of, I think I have 20. I round robin everything. So I have 20 props on prize picks. 12 have moved in my favor yeah. already. Yep. Which is the sign of profitability. I mean, that in the long run, that's exactly exactly what you want. But it doesn't mean I'm going to be putting any more investment into it because it's like once it moves into the range of, you know, under 58% probability, like I'm done. Like that's yep. the, you know, it's in. But, you know, I'm getting I'm getting numbers that are bit like people yesterday, like for a big a big number I was on was tie on under five strikeouts mm-hmm. on prize picks yesterday. I tie on under, I tie on under 30 and a half fantasy points. Uh, yeah, all my roles. Yeah, I, I, I agree. With that. Right? No, no. I mean, he was projected for like four, like under four strikeouts. Yeah. So when I saw five, I hammered that in as many pairs as I could possibly make. Uh, and then uh, an hour later, an hour and a half later, it moved to four and a half. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and there four and a half. It was still, it was still actually well, that. Yeah. good value. No, it's still actually good value. But a lot of people had the four and a half, and were there. They were like, okay, well, he, he got four. But like, understand the difference of that half a strikeout is tremendous. Yeah, it's especially when it's a low tremendous. number. Yeah, especially when it's a low number. Like right. one, one of my favorite things is seeing is anybody who ever asks me like, oh well, it's it, it was at 
uh, under four strikeouts, would you hit it at under three? And I'm like, no, no, probably not. Like, unless, unless, the, unless the projection was like one and a half, two. Yeah. For some reason was still wildly off. Yeah. But like that, that one strikeout is massive when you're dealing with three and four. That's huge. It's way different than if it's nine and 10. Like that's, that's significant. Well, I see, I see a lot of people I'm, 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 I'm hanging out in chief's prop shop, which is always hopping. Uh, a hop in, and a, in the RG Discord, yeah, and and the it seems like such a small thing, but like getting the best number is the getting the best number is the game of of any of this of sports betting of prop games of all of this type of stuff. Like it it comes down to it not being about predicting outcomes anymore. It's just about being about beating the market so as long as you beat the market more than more consistently like that's that's where pretty much your, your profit comes from and even if you're a if you're a break even if you're close like the more that you could do like like the profitability difference between tie on under four and a half and tie on under five is much more significant than you think because if he got if he got that fifth strikeout yesterday Right, he went an extra inning that I thought he would go. If he got it, if he got one of those strikeouts at the end and he landed it with five, like you all push. the four and a half, like I push, right? And everyone else loses. So it's like the difference between that and then vice versa. If you're if you're on the number, if you push versus win type mm -hmm. of thing on a on a half on a half a strikeout on on you know, I got Bassett yesterday on underdog at under 20 and a half pitcher outs. Now he only went five innings. So it's like anyone with the under pitcher outs pretty much won. But like he he was up there. He he's he opened at 20 and a half. And like that was up for a good two hours before it came down and then went back up at 18 and a half. So it's like those two outs, right? The difference of does, does he pitch six innings or does he pitch seven innings? Right. Is it is is so dramatic that from a results, if you think results-based, this is how relating it back to like traditional DFS. It's like imagine going into a going into a slate and going, okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roster. You know, we take a look at uh, you know, like I said, Cole and Kikuchi, right? And going, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Cole because of his high projection. Let's say he gets uh, 32 fantasy points, and you go, oh yeah, the projection was good. And then, well, what happens if he got 22 fantasy points? It's like the projection is, it's, it's still good. It's still within one standard deviation. Yeah. Like that. So like the difference between a 29 point projection median wise and a 26 point projection, like from is massive when it comes to how much edge you have, even if the result on one given outcome is kind of within one standard deviation anyway. So like people that got the Bassett, under 18 and a half we're like yep got it got it in it's like you know how much more profitable my under 20 and a half is compared to yours based on his range of outcomes it doesn't matter that on this one outcome that it went under anyway so it's kind of like well under 18 and a half was a good bet regardless it's like actually based on his range of outcomes it wasn't right in fact 18 and a half was kind of right on the median that hence why they moved the line there right that's the whole that's the whole damn point. So instead of being results-based, and it works, it works the other way. If you get closing line value and you lose, it's not like you did anything. To me, you don't, you didn't do anything wrong because you're not going to win all of them. Yesterday, I got, I got Snell under seven and a half Ks. It moved down to seven, and then he struck out, I think, eleven or something or ten. It's like I'm fine with that. It as long as the lines move in your favor. It's the same way that if the salaries moved. Imagine, imagine. Let's play that fictional game. Where the the the, pri the prices the the salaries of the players can move. Imagine you played Kikuchi at five point eight k, and then and you, and you built a fifty k lineup, and then you woke up in the morning and Kikuchi's down to five thousand. It's like now you eight hundred. Now you have a lineup that actually spend eight hundred more than it needed to. Like right now, you can build a better lineup with a five k Kikuchi. It's like imagine playing that game. Imagine going into it, building a lineup that is overpriced for the projection. And then by lock time, your lineup is only is 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 only worth forty seven thousand eight hundred, mm -hmm. and you're playing against lineups that are worth fifty two thousand two hundred. 
or fifty five thousand or fifty five. You're probably not going to get that far off, but but imagine being a imagine having a four thousand dollar disadvantage to another line. That's like having another batter in your life. Yeah, I mean, right. it's literally like if you were to set the top of your your cap at forty six k. Right. Right. Or now. imagine it, the NBA. It's even more pronounced because the the player uh, uh, distribution is so much more normal. So, like, you're most likely in NBA and in, in, in traditional DFS, you're probably no matter what, probably spending forty nine five plus. I mean, you're probably you're rarely leaving a lot of unless it's a two game slate. You care about duplication, but on a normal slate, so like you're probably not building lineups that are forty eight thousand no matter what, unless it's obviously let's use the it's late season NBA and there's seven million value plays and that yeah. is the highest the highest projected lineup is a forty eight k lineup. But I'm just saying a normal slate because people will say, well, what about this or what about that? But on a normal, normalish slate, uh, an NBA, like you're like if, if you're building a lineup that it's like, oh, well, I'm going to play this guy because I think he's going to do well. This guy for a revenge narrative. This guy, I never. Oh, this guy's a good value. I never play him. He's on my no playlist. Right. You know, you're going through, you build your lineup at not at early at nine in the morning, early in the day. Right, you build your lineup, and then your lineup actually goes down in value. Your lineup becomes a forty-nine thousand lineup, and people have fifty-three-five lineups in, right? Because of this guy. Because remember, like, oh, we found out at one o'clock that Giannis isn't going to play. No, right? You, obviously, in NBA, this would be ridiculous if the salary. So right? No, that's a good idea. I really like this. Idea. Well, because when Giannis gets ruled out, what you'll do is start hammering lineups with Middleton Instant. and Holiday in it. Until the sites like they'll have holiday at like six thousand, and then like you'll hammer line. Or you'll, how many liners can I build with holiday? Holiday, holiday, and then five minutes later, seven minutes later, holiday is now eighty two hundred, mm -hmm. and it's like okay. And then then like, but you got those lineups in. So like, the people that are building at six thirty right before lock are building with the efficient pricing. And you got lineups that are like three, four thousand dollars more. Obviously, they never do this because the casual you could I mean this would absolutely destroy oh, yeah. casual players. I mean it just right. And then and but to me on prize picks and underdog and those types of sites, it's the same thing. If you're if you're truthfully by default, if if it's if it's a half an hour before if it's 6 30 at night eastern and you're first getting on prize picks or underdog going, well, okay, what do I take today? You've already lost. Like, does that like what? What are you going to find at that point? Unless, unless there's a major lineup change, you know, like in in, in NBA, like for instance, in NBA or like, like, dude, it's like if on Prize, if for NBA season, let's use that Yonix example. If Prize Picks has like holiday, uh, you know, fantasy points at you know thirty four over under or something like that, and then. Oh, it's at one o'clock. Giannis gets ruled out. It's like, I'm going to go there and I'm going to hammer holiday, whatever pairs holiday and add them to as many. I guarantee you five to 10 minutes later, holiday is going to go up to like 42 and a half or something mm -hmm. like that. So like at 42 and a half, then I look at the projection like, okay, that that's, that's fair. Maybe it should be at 44, but on, I need a, I need a one that has a 58% probability of winning and it's not off enough. So like I, I'm done. So if you show up at 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 a half an hour before you know six thirty Eastern, when that's already happened at at one o'clock in the afternoon, like you ain't taking holiday. But obviously my my cards on prize picks don't affect yours, so it's not like, like oh I have an unfair advantage over you. But it's like just for the sake that I took. Imagine I took holiday over thirty four and a half, and you're like, well, is forty two and a half still good? Like no, you had to be you had to be here at one. You had, I mean, like you had to catch that at that time. Like they're not going to just leave that up and get themselves killed. So it's like, truthfully, the closer you get, if you're opening up the the app at uh, six o'clock at night, you might as well not play. Like to me, to me, to me, you're playing you're playing those sites at one in the morning, right? You're playing like truthfully. That's that the 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 schedule time that I have is like midnight to one. And that's check, check the openers. And then underdog typically doesn't release a lot of theirs until like nine, like eight or nine in the morning. So I'll do that before I do like this show. And it's like, that's the, and then anything else throughout the day, just like, if it comes up, it comes up, but you're not, you're typically not going to find anything that's going to be an exorbitant amount of edge. So people do it in the reverse. 
people are are dummy line lineuping DFS when the salaries come out the night before, and then doing the okay. Well, now I got my DFS lineups in. Like, let me take a look at let me take a look at the props. It's like you, you got you got everything in reverse. Only because they think building DFS lineups takes more time, which is no shouldn't. But I I I will say two things here. Uh, one, I wish I could play prize picks in Tennessee. You can't? You can't in Tennessee? Not in Tennessee. Because um, it's illegal. Because they don't have it here. Um, I could just drive to the Kentucky border. It's 17 minutes away. But um, whatever. Uh, well, just like I could drive it in 15 minutes, I could get to the Indiana border and play and legally bet on DraftKings. Right. Leg- but, exactly. but, but two, if you're doing stuff like this, that I see, I, I can't. I, I would never. I would be driving too much. No, right, and that's that's kind of my point here as well. It's like I we had a conversation in Discord the other day that um, I mean, sports betting is not hard, really. It's so long as you're like, especially when you're betting props or if you're doing prize picks or if you're doing under that, whatever. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily hard to make money doing it, but it takes no, a dedication, it takes a dedication, well, it takes some real like you have to be paying very good attention and you have to be able to react very quickly. Like throughout NBA season, it was really easy to make money on props. If you just had your phone ready, you had the DraftKings Sportsbook up, and you know, we're, we're, we're in January, right? And you just sit there and you're like, all right, all right, just going to sit here and I'm going to wait until somebody gets ruled out. And I'm going to just go after the person who's going to be coming up behind them. You can hit a line. The line usually stays up on the, sportsbook, on the DraftKings Sportsbook for about nine seconds, 10 seconds. And then you can just hit it, get in your action, and then go. Um, but it takes so much dedication to just do it. But it, you don't have to necessarily do that, though. The, it, the hard part, people people forget the hard part. And it's not like why. why and this is why I, I want the prop games mm-hmm. to come into play. Uh, in DFS... In traditional DFS, because technically prize picks and underdog class is classified as daily fantasy, mm-hmm. even though we all know it's not, because uh, you're not playing against another person. In traditional DFS, like the sites just take 15%. It's like, like there's truthfully, they probably have a reason to limit the sharper players because it, it breaks the casuals more, but it's less of an incentive because it's really not coming out of their pocket. Right. Right, it's coming out of other people's pockets. But when it's coming out of their pocket, they're much more they're much more inclined to not to not let that happen. So be, beating beating the line is not hard. Getting the money down for any sub, significant amount consistently mm-hmm. is the hard part. I mean like like if if you're let's say James you Wanted to make a hundred dollars a day, uh, just a hunt like a hundred bucks a day mm-hmm. on props. That is absolutely doable. Oh yeah, one hundred like that. That there's no was, question about that. I was doing it during the NBA season. It was, right. it wasn't hard. Right. The problem is, uh, can you make five thousand a day doing it? Right. right. And the and the answer is with without without. Without help, no, because they're just, they're just not going to allow. It. That's why. That's why I said I'm. I'm waiting to see what my what my what my limits are going to end up being, because like there's there's no there's no way they're going to allow. It. And I've talked to other people and that 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 are limited, yeah. like in their limit. What what the way they can't only so much on a certain player, only so much certain winnings, so much wagered in one day, type of thing. That but I have I have to expect it. And then see at that point, it's like, what's my what's my ROI, and and is it is this going to be worth it? And from the limits that I see, that even at that point, I could probably I could probably grind one to two hundred a day. Mm-hmm. But then I have to determine whether or not that's worth it, right. and or streamline the process to make it so that it doesn't take that much time. Mm-hmm. And it does, and it really doesn't take me that much time, but even less time than it does to be able to go okay. Let me go here, ding, you know, like run everything and then go, okay, let's spit out the combinations that I need. I'll go in, I'll spend 20 minutes entering them all. And then I could just close it up. 
And then I'm done. And then I'm done. Then maybe, maybe check it once throughout the day and I'm done. It's like that. If if I could do that and get a, get a, you know, even a a simulated, you know, 10% return. Well, if you get limited at a thousand or something like that, total, like that's a hundred bucks a day on, 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 it's like, okay, for a hundred bucks a day, can I, can I do it? Yep. And so to me, that's the hard part. Now, now help is, 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 is just fine. Is finding out. That's, that's getting, get, that's finding other, that's, that's finding partners. Yeah. And then splitting up, making some again. Right. Which, I mean, do your thing if you, uh, if you want to get into that. But I, I think that for the purposes of most of the people who will be watching this, hundred bucks a day sounds great. Um, and it is. I mean, if you if you want to be able to dedicate to it, like I have said, and when, when people have asked me why I'm not doing it, why I don't push to do sports betting, uh, it's mostly just because I'm tired. <laughs> Frankly, <laughs> uh, money doesn't matter as much to me as my mental health and being able to sleep through the night and being able to make sure that I stop working at you know seven p.m. or seven p.m. or eight p.m. Eastern so that I can eat dinner with my family. Like those things really matter a lot to me. If I was single, uh, I would be an actor together, and I'd absolutely do everything I could to grind up the edges, wake up at one a.m., wake up at eight a.m., hit everything I could. But uh, it's the life utilities situation here. Where is it worth the amount you are giving up outside of the grind to uh, to make it happen? The same thing in DFS. Well, that's what that's why to me, I, to me, it's two separate things because it's two different separate times. Like, 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 like to me, if, if it was, if it wasn't for the fact that I could do one at one time and one at the other time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother with it. To me, to me, this is that to me, it seems like a, a way to replace like kind of cash games in DFS. Cause to me, the variance is, to me, the variance is lower and the edge is higher. Like that's like that. That's the best of both worlds. Like as of this point, like it's very it's very hard when when you're round robining like thirty different props. It's kind of hard to like like lose a lot of money. Like you're not going over thirty, right? Like there, there's been there's been no day, especially when you're getting closing line value. There's been no in in the in the sixteen days that I've been doing this. I know I don't like posting records because they don't mean anything because different bets have different different cards have different amounts, right? I care about ROI. I don't care about there's no I don't have units. I use a version of like a quarter Kelly to determine my card sizes. Uh within a ballpark, within a like I, I don't have that uh, 42 versus 40. I just 40, whatever. If it's close, it's fine. Uh what what was what was I saying? Uh, no no in, th- in in thirty caught like I've never had I've never had a on sub fifty percent record on a day. Now I've had losing days. But I think though like that if you go by win loss push, like a bad a, a, a bad day would be like fifteen fourteen and three. Mm-hmm. But out of the fourteen, like like. It was four with great closing line value, and I lost them all because and those those had the higher cards, and then the winning ones were the lower the lower edge ones. So it's like from that perspective, even though it's like, oh yeah, you 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 you, you won fifty one percent of your you got your, yeah yeah, but I I lost like 35 percent on the day. Right. Yeah. But it's very hard to lose zero. It's like a hundred percent. I mean, it just it seems odd. And then on the other side, but. It it happened in, in the other side. You're not you're, you're not going to put in and make fifty thousand in one day. Like like that's it. It's like cash games. It's like the same way that I would play soccer cash on Saturdays. It's like yeah, I do play GBPs also. But in my soccer cash lineup, if I get fifteen hundred dollars in, if I get twenty seven hundred from that fifteen hundred, like that's a that's a that's a there you go. Great day. Yeah. Right, that's a great day. Won some head to heads. Won won all my double ups and didn't you know didn't get there in the triple ups or whatever. like that's. That's normal. Yeah, I, and you said that it had replaced your cash games for the most part. Well, it seems it seemed like from from an ML. I was doing that MLB experiment, right? With the you know switching, playing the three mans, right? That I know, and then switching out and trying to get a lineup that's like 
six v six, but three points lower. Mm-hmm. And like running those, running those sims, still has a better ROI than like just playing the it the head to heads normally. Mm-hmm. But this seems like to have a better ROI with less variance and less work. Unless what you're right. Well, not necessarily less. I could do the the three man stuff. No, less work from a, a, a entering contests. That's what I mean. Yeah, I mean you have to pay attention to what to what you're entering. Right. That, that's the main work there. To actually build the lineup takes me five minutes. Right. Well, and we we talk about that all the time. You shouldn't be spending much time building lineups unless you're managing a full enemy portfolio. But like for a cash game lineup, just build a lineup. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, I, I think that... Um, so one, one thing that we didn't uh, go over, but we have gone over before, is that prize picks, one of the reasons why their lines can be so off is because they are making their own lines. They're not. They're not what we would consider a retail, right? Well, I mean, well, yeah. Well, read. I mean, they're well, not copying. Like, I mean, right. that. I, I, at at times they are. Okay. It it, it really depends. It, it 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 depends on the day. It depends on the trade, or it depends on. I mean. If you know how, if you know how stuff like that works, it, I mean, it, it, it depends. I'm assuming I, you have, you would have to assume like one would have to assume that, that wh- the traders at underdog are looking at price picks mm-hmm. to some extent. Right. Cause that's like, but I mean, you'll find discrepancies though, but I'm just like, like, dude, you have an existing market. I mean, like there's no reason not to, like you, you, you originate your own. You can copy from existing sports books. I mean, that's that's what retail books typically do, to some extent. They just copy, like cut and paste. Oh, what does this book have? Well, I'll cut and paste everything. There you go. Yeah. Oh, this is it moving there? Well, it's, uh, we'll move it here. Type of thing, and then then you get into fake outs and everything. I mean, that, now you're getting down the rabbit hole of a lot of different type of stuff that you don't that, that at low limits you don't even have to concern yourself about low, low bets don't even worry about uh but yeah but it but it but it does but it still does amaze me that like like dude like i'm i'm making a lot i'm making a lot of my decisions early based on on bat projections from cardi yeah and it's like dude like isn't prize picks like owned by like caesars or something like, aren't they owned by that? They got bought out by some major gaming company, right? Wasn't it? Was it, was it Caesars or MGM or MGM or one of them? Yeah, like, dude, can they not afford the $400 basket subscription? <laughs> yeah, that, that would be interesting. I would charge them a gross amount to use that. If I was Cardi and they were just like, we found out that they were that they had a subscription and they were just following and like tailing Cardi stuff. And it was really, really close. I would reach out and be like, we're going to, I'd, I'd notice. I mean, that's the thing is like, I noticed because obviously if they did that, I'd, I'd, I'd be looking at midnight or 1am and finding nothing and going like, Oh, the strikeout props are all yeah. efficient. Yeah. Right. And Oh, all the fantasy points are efficient. And if, if I were Cardi and I found out that was happening, I would be so rich from the amount of money. Okay, because you fake them out, right? You purposely put out, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's not the business that Card, that's not the business that Cardi's in. Well, I mean, and even if you didn't want to do that and you found out that they were doing that, you would just reach out and say, Okay, well, I know that you guys are doing this. Like I have the data, and it would be astronomically like that the 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 odds of you being able to do this consistently every single day without using my models. Are astronomical. So yeah, but they can't do anything. He can't do anything about it. Well, what I would do is uh I would find a way. I'd find a way to make is it that you'd have to screw him by 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 by, by you would have the wrong screw. ones. Yeah, you you would have to release something like a like a non-updated version first so that they put that stuff out and then right. you have your own version. Right. Because yeah. I mean, because it's sportsbooks have been copying lines forever. Yeah, there's no, there's no, what can you do? I could sue the other. Oh, oh, you're just taking what we did. Like, there's nothing illegal about that. It's public information. If it was yeah. private information, that's a difference. If, if, if Cardi did not release his projections publicly and only had it for himself and prize picks was hacking into his computer, 
to get them. You know, that's a different story. Here's here's what I would do if I was Cardi, uh, and they were doing this in this hypothetical situation. We've talked okay. a lot in hypotheticals today. Um, if I was doing this and I was Cardi, and I knew and saw that the sports books were doing this, I would cancel my agreement with Roto Grinders and anyone else in the industry, and then I would go straight to MGM and I would sell my product to them. For more money than I could possibly make with right, because you'd have to take for them to stop using it, you'd have to take it down. Right, you'd have to take it down. You'd have to remove it from the from the public stratosphere, right. and then you would have to say, "Okay, I know that you guys have been using this. Pay me twenty thousand dollars a month, and you can have it." Right, probably more than that. I I would be happy with twenty thousand dollars right. a month from that. <sighs> But that's the games that, but that's, but that's the whole game of, 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 of prop betting games. That's why James, I, it, it would be better. I'm waiting for the, the, the head to head stuff, the, the large field contest stuff where mm-hmm. like, oh, you have to put in uh, a eight pick card right and get all eight right or you know like something like that and it's five dollars and everyone puts into the pool right for an eight pick a 10 pick card type of thing with the same with the same concept that's here and and then then the winner gets uh, twenty five thousand dollars right and second yeah. place gets fifteen that like that and then and then the site just takes a 15 percent rake from there yeah. and then at that point at that point do they care about li- limits? Like, and you're you're allowed to put in up to a hundred entries, mm-hmm. right, or whatever. And then it becomes like the all you're doing is like, okay, pick ten bets, put in five. You could now you could spend five dollars to win fifty thousand, mm-hmm. or a hundred thousand, or like, and then you get the same type of effect. But I think that doing these types of over under type props or matchup based props for the casual person is so much easier. Yeah. I think it's really easy. I, I, it's, it's a good, it, it has always been an interesting way to go about things. So long as the vig and the rake was not gross. Right. Right. That's, that's where the crux is because if, if it's prize picks and you are basically just trying to beat a negative negative one thirty seven line, uh, 58%, whatever it is. Right. Um, no, no vig minus one thirty seven. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So 58%. That is doable for a lot of people. Um, and it beats the rake in a head-to-head on DraftKings. Right? Right. Like you're still beating the rake there. Um, and, and I think that that works really well for a lot of people. I, I think that where people end up making the mistake is that they do think that they can just go in towards the end and find the best line and, and like you you but that's how they make their money but that's how they make their money right and i i still do think that people can end up making some sort of money doing that but it won't be near as much as you can make if you are attacking the lines when they open based on whenever they open well and, it's, and, it's, and it's, i've it's, had i've had a lot of people who have who have come to me and been like hey can you run mlb tonight so that i can hit the lines in the morning i'm like i'm not a dedicated prize picks provider yet right like I, maybe i can do that for nba this season or something, but I have, because this is such a new phenomenon, it's not something I have built in my schedule, but maybe I should, because that is where so much of the value is. And, and if, if you're really trying to make money doing it, like you got, you got to hit it early. It's, it's really important. Metal alloy in 419 makes, makes a very, very, I don't know if he's making this point, but I'm reading it as this being a very good point. He says once Cardi takes it takes it down, why would they care enough to pay him for it though at that point? Don't they care because his projections are used by a ton of people to beat their lines? Uh, what what I think he's saying, but I, if he's not, I'm I'm making the point. The way that they're operating currently, they're getting the information for cheaper. Yes. Right, because they're getting the information anyway. So like if they if they profile correctly, right? So like oh. Well, we could use the we could either use these projections. We could make our own projections that maybe they think is but they think is better, right? Mm-hmm. They probably do. They probably think they're better. Yeah. Right? Uh and instead of paying paying Cardi 50,000 a month to shape their lines, you know, dude, 
some $25, $50 cards will do that for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Ima- imagine, imagine if they if if you knew, if they knew, which they most likely will, know that I they profile me. They pro- obviously have only been playing for two weeks, but let's say they profile someone over the course of three months as someone that, like, oh yeah, this all their all their all their cards relate. You know, all they get closing line value on everything, on most of their stuff, and it stuffs and it matches with a lot of stuff from from the same sort. They don't even know what the source is, but they know the source is sharp, right? So it's like, well, do we find out who the source is so we can make the lines initially that way? Well, how much do you pay for that? Well, it's like, well, why don't we just limit these people down to X dollars and go like, well, what's the most that these people could beat us for? Well, it's X because we've limited them down to whatever. I mean, $10 or whatever like that. So it's like, okay, it has to be enough. The limit has to be high enough that they still get the information, but it has to be low enough where it's more pro- it's it's more profitable to do it. It costs them less money to do it that way than to just, by the uh, the source of where it's coming from so but let's let's put this into a realist like that's that's the theory right like no, but that's actually that but that's actually how sports books operate that's- right right but let's let's put that thought into practice really quick and say if somebody is going to be limited to a thousand dollars total per day right like and that's that's a pretty significant limit if we're talking about a significant sports book right this is one person that you are limiting down to that amount so the most that you are going to lose from this one person is thirty thousand dollars at well, it's max. not. It's well, it's but, not. It's not a thousand dollars because their edge may only be five percent. Right. So okay. So, so they're only theoretically if they limit to a thousand and the guy's mm-hmm. edge is let's say ten percent. Sure. That's they're basically losing a hundred a hundred dollars after Vic. A hundred dollars per day. So three thousand dollars per month for right. one person. The one right? person. But this is extrapolated across not just one person, right? So well, the, the, how, how I know what you're going to say that that they well, when the twenty people do it, it's like well, the the goal is to move them as quickly as possible once you see them. Right. My point is that in practice, it's not just twenty people. It's not just fifty people. We're talking hundreds of people that are limited to this action. Twenty thousand dollars to Cardi would be cheaper than even limiting the hundreds of people to get the information there. You could just cut those people down and then those people aren't hurting you for the $200,000 a month, let's just say as a low range in this practical application. Right. So what I'm saying is that Cardi needs to go to price fix and tell them to pay him $20,000 a month to beat everybody else who is using his stuff already. Yeah, but that's the, but essentially what we're trying to do is the cost benefit analysis. Like- right. Yeah. Right, you're you're saying that it, it would be worth it. I'm saying that maybe they're getting the information cheaper. They're just not acting on it quick enough. Yeah, or they just disagree with some of it. Yeah, they're just like, uh, nope. Right, like <laughs> nope. The pitch counts off, or no, that this is like they're just nope. like, like, nope, no, nope, we disagree. I mean, we all know the bat because of how it works and long term samples and everything like that. Uh. It, like it, they always say it either likes or hates certain players. Yep. Right. So like, imagine, I mean, it, the, the bat doesn't like Tyler Anderson. So like Tyler yep. Anderson came up yesterday at 34.5 fantasy points on prize picks. And he was only like 21 and a half in the bat against the Royals. And I'm like, well, I'm going to hammer this early. I know that the bat hates Tyler Anderson. And then see if I get movement in my favor. The entire day, the line never moved. Yep. Right, line. So the more and more that the line doesn't move, the more and more that maybe you're, you're just sitting there like, oh man. Do I try? Do I try, do it? Like, like, <laughs> it's more likely that you're off than the market is completely off. Now, obviously, uh, Tyler Anderson went way under thirty-four and a half, so I, I was perfectly fine. There but at go. that point, later in the day, I'm like, I'm not making any more cards with. I'm not investing anymore because. If, it ha- if, if this has not moved overnight and throughout the entire course of this, it's five o'clock at night, not even moved down at all. Like it's, it's more likely that I'm off than everyone out. Then you're like, Oh no, can't, can't do it. Type of type of thing. So, yeah. So I stop. So I stop. And so maybe they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. We just don't agree with this. Yeah. And, and I mean, certainly they wouldn't be making their own lines. They didn't think they were good. 
That's kind of that's. Uh, well, they, they do you really they, know how they work? <laughs> I, my, I say this because of their esports lines. They would not be making these lines if they didn't think that they were. Yeah, but you say that the esports ones are really off. I do think that they're really off, and that's why I think that if they were, if, if I guess I don't know. If but, if you would have to think one logically, if I was in try, if I was there, if I was the yeah. the head of trading. Right, uh, whatever. Have risk management, uh, uh, whatever. Guy there. If I saw that, okay, we release, we release our numbers, we release the board, we release something for esports, and then within ten minutes we have to change e- literally everything. We have to bump everything up and down within the course of ten minutes. Mm-hmm. How could you possibly think your original numbers are good? Like, if anything, they could say, I think our original numbers are good and are close enough that within ten minutes. We'll get the information for as as low of a cost as possible, right, that's, and they're doing it that way. But they can't possibly think that they're they're because if they thought their numbers were good, they wouldn't move them. They wouldn't well, say, "Okay, let them let them bet this over under because we think our numbers are good." If they're going to move my, them, they don't. They know that it's not. my thought on it is with. I mean, we talk all the time about the liquidity of markets when it comes to sports books and when it comes to different sports, right? Where NFL is very very like the there's a lot of confidence in their closing line on in NFL because they get so much action with esports. I think that a lot of the time the, the representation of volatility in a regular sports book is going to be the, the VIG that's, that's offered online. I mean, it's very frequent that you're going to see 50, 60 cents on an esports line on an offshore book. Right. right. Um, and with prize picks and, and these kind of like prop pick sites or whatever you want to call them, I, I think that it's such a small amount of their action that I'm not sure that they're really focusing that much on being right on it. Like so many people are, are hitting so many other things that the bottom line of how much they are making or losing on esports is probably an afterthought. Um, whereas with MLB or NBA or NFL, I think that they do pay a lot more attention and say, oh yeah, we need to make sure that these are, are right. Um, and on top of that, I think the volatility of esports, and this has now just become James talking about esports again, but I think the the volatility of esports from a prop betting perspective and the way that props work and the way that the that the sport actually works from a fantasy perspective makes it so their their initial lines don't necessarily have to be great because how binary the outcomes are, there's such a large swing in the fantasy points based on a win or a loss that that median, it's kind of like trying to project out MMA where that median sure the median might be 50 but this guy is going to score three or 110 whereas with esports the median might be like i had a median for for a player named alu last night of 33 the median is 33 but like if they get swept he might he might get 12 kills and if they sweep the other team he might get 46 so it, it's so wide right it's, that- it's very very similar to mma like like you could do the significant strikes and you take a look and you go, okay, Gabriel Benitez, 38 and a half significant strikes. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if this goes three rounds, like he's going to be over that mm-hmm. most likely. The problem is, is that it's so much more likely that it ends in the first round that he may win on his 12th strike because he knocks the other guy out. So yeah. like, that's, that's an, that's an under, right? So you have to take into account of like, like, well, th- or he could pummel the guy in the first round so much that he ends, ends up having 42 significant strikes in the first round, even with the knockout. So, like, the, the while the median may be around 38, you're going to see a lot of 12s and you're going to see a lot of 90s and 100s because the finishes in MMA are more, are the variant points, just like mm-hmm. the wins and losses in esports. I'll probably, like, just give this last point while we're talking about the volatility of these sports. Um, MLB is probably softer on these prize pick things because, uh, on, on like prop markets, um, because of the volatility of the outcomes, right. Where they are setting out a median line on certain guys. And then it's going to be that the deviations are wide from that median. Whereas with NBA, I think that you would probably send makes considerably less ROI on these prop picking sites, just because the deviations are, are so much less um that like they're smaller from the median so that that range of outcomes that you have it's so wide for things like mlb very event oriented things right very binary outcomes mlb mma esports pretty much all the esports right those very volatile wide range of outcomes event-based sports 
are going to be easier to leverage on sites like prize picks or, or MNF or, or whatever, whereas sports like NBA um, and PGA likely to an extent that have more linear outcomes and have much more normal distributions and are not super wide. Um, those are likely harder to leverage on sites like this. That, right, that because you, because not because, not because you can't find lines that are off. They need to be off enough to have a 58% implied probability, no VIG. Right. Because it's fixed odds parlays in order to do it. So like in NBA, it, like they put up uh, someone's fantasy prop for 30 and you have it at 28. Right. So like, oh, well, uh, well, uh, uh, no, that you have it at 32 and they have it at 30. You go like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take the over. It's like, well, 32 isn't that far away from 30. That's probably, 32 is probably a 52nd percentile outcome. Yeah. Like you need to fit, you need a 58%, like you need to get up to that point. Mm-hmm. And because uh, the distribution of NBA players is so much more normal, the lines have to be significantly more off. Now on a, on a, on a sports book, you you just have to beat, you know, 52.8%, you know, 52.4%. Right. Uh, but because you could just bet it straight. Like if the line was off two points, three points on uh, for fantasy points on an, on a sports book and you could just bet it straight, that would be profitable, right? Small profit. But on these sites, you have to, they pay, they pay, they, they pay out three to one on two over under picks which ends up being the break-even point of minus 137 or around 58% each for the whole for the whole thing. So, like, you need to find ones that are that off. So in, when home runs exist in baseball and, and uh, you know, 25-pitch innings, stuff like that, like, it, it's much more variant. So, like, if the line is off by three fantasy points, by a half a strikeout by one by two outs or something that's mm-hmm. that's enough to get it to 60 to 60 percent but in basketball if you saw the re imagine a rebound prop on on a on a power forward or a center or something and you see on price picks it's eight and 8.5 over yeah. under and you have it at 9.2 it's like you go well i'm just gonna slam the over it's like yeah the, the over yes happens 52 percent of the time 53 percent of the time you're right Based on your projections, but, it, but that's not what you're beating. That's right, not what you're not mean. beating 58. Right, you're not getting paid enough for that. Mm-hmm. You need to find. You would need to find the rebound. The, the rebound line on price books would have to be eight and a half, and you would have to have like ten point two, right? Yeah, ten or something. Even over that, probably ten point two, ten. Yeah, so, yeah, ten point three. I think I think is like the actual spot there. Right, or something like that. But that's what you would need. The the distribution of that type of stack. So like, that's what, that's what, and that's what people get, that get, get wrong about that. It's like, they, and especially if you, if you, and then on the other side, imagine all the people on the site picking the unders on those. Like there, there's some like, remember like, Oh, that this has a 60% implied win probability based on my projections. Well, the other side is a 40% and you're still able to pick that with the same payout as picking the other one. So imagine how many bad cards there are out there mm-hmm. that people are like, oh, no, I know better. Screw the projections. Under, over, under. And you look at their cards and you're like, oh, you have a you had a 44% chance of winning and you're getting paid the same same two to one for it. That, and that's, you know, we, we talked about with the three-man experiment, we, we went through the math and we were like, you only need to win this 40% of the time to be profitable. That's right. not this. That is not this. Kyler Kadramaz uh, says uh, he completely agrees with you on the esports lines. He said the range of outcomes is wide due to blowouts that even bad lines miss a lot more than expected. They don't need to be 100% correct for them to get beat every time. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's 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 a really interesting thing. It's one of the reasons why I love doing esports projections and, and why I like that niche um, is because there's so little confidence in sports books and with props and with things like prize picks and stuff like that. There's so little confidence because they don't, they don't really know how the games work. They just kind of put together the math on what they think is like an extrapolated out per round or per map or whatever, but that's not how it works. So projecting it out correctly, there's, there's just 
a lot of edge and being able to do it. There, there's and, a reason uh, why. You think there's anyone up at like 2 a.m. for the like the games in Brazil or something? Yeah. Like, well, well, I mean, Brazil, first off, Brazil games take place in the morning. Um, secondly, uh, the things. So what's like the 2 a.m. game? Is that Japan? That's LCK. Yeah, it's LPL and LCK. So it's um, the, the Chinese League and the Korean League. Those are the 2 a.m., 3 a.m. games. Um, but yeah, of course, like th- there's there's not as much edge because there's a delay in in the in the stream right so there's like uh there's a certain amount of time because they hate betting they absolutely hate sports betting over there that's why they don't release orders they don't release lineups until 30 minutes before the game if they release lineups so they go through everything they possibly can to make sure that people are not betting on the games so it's really hard to live bet those games but you can hit the the props early in the day on offshore on offshore and like because it's a binary outcome and because things aren't going to change that much between then and whenever, like you can hit them really early. Um, and, and that there's significant edge in being able to do so, especially if you can project for, for things like Counter-Strike. God, we're, we're going to go way over on this. Uh, for things like Counter-Strike, you, if you can project maps, if you can take a good guess of what maps are going to be played, you can get a significant amount of edge on a lot of different things in terms of player performance and team performance. You're the you're the esports expert. I I I always just sit here and smile and I know look pretty. Make, I know look pretty. I I have no care in the world about <laughs> esports whatsoever. But I get it. Uh, but James, uh, people can find you at paydirt underscore dfs. And 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 esport. I mean, truthfully, like uh, your esports, I I would I would I would trust your esports stuff. Yeah, I, I think I say it all the time that my esports stuff is the best in the industry. You're not going to find anything better. Um, and I did actually this morning put together a new tab in the Counter Strike models that is specifically for prize picks. Um, so you'll be able to have that. It's over at paydirtdfs.com. I'm going to add it to all the esports stuff and start trying to push more for uh, for prize picks models and and projections using the same baselines. Um, but yeah, every single sport for thirty bucks a month is pretty good, and it includes all the esports stuff. So you can find all my stuff there. And obviously, uh, we got it. We got a we got an MLB slate later today, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you're going to play on Prize Picks, by the way, use the promo code Grinders, right? You get a hundred percent, uh, one hundred dollar deposit match bonus. You use the code Grinders. Uh, same thing for everywhere. I think if you if, if you put just put in Grind anywhere you go, if you sign up, put in the promo code Grinders. It, it, that's probably the correct code. It'll probably work. You'll get, right, you'll you'll, get you'll, it'll work. It'll give you something. Uh, 10 game slate tonight. We got Grinders Live later. They'll be covering that. Grinders Live. And then Crunch Time is right after them. That's normally a premium show, but Roth will be on. I don't know if there's weather today. We'll we'll find out. Uh, and uh, that's presented by FanDuel. So uh, all season is free. So leave some thummy thumbs on your way out the door. If you like, like this sort of stuff, hit the subscribe button. If you're new, hit the notification bell. To know anytime we go live, which uh, which I am, I'm typically live Monday through Friday, five, five, five 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. When, when am I? I get up at 10, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock in the morning Eastern, where I answer your DFS strategy questions on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>